one time summer camp. Oh man, here we are. John. All right, what's up, everybody? Hello, hey, hey. Facebook world. If you're out there, <laughs> if you're out there, to our one fan watching, probably. Hi, mom. <laughs> My mom. It could be my mom too. I don't know. We'll see. Oh, right now we're at zero true. viewers. It's still early. Well, we welcome you. everybody. Yeah. yeah. Start us off, John. Oh, I'm doing this? John, yeah. you're the host. Am I really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. No, we're not All right. No, we're, we're not prepared. Oh, we're prepared. Welcome everybody to this one time at summer camp. Live edition. Woo! Yeah. Uh, we've Cheers, got Our normal, regular people here today, but then we've got our awesome guest, Oof. Don Johnson. Woo! This, I am so happy to be here. Great. And, we are happy to have you. We're excited yeah. for this. Yeah, um, except the professional-looking studio you guys have just makes me a little nervous. I mean, I'm starting to have butterflies now. I mean, you uh, saw how we fumbled through that beginning. Don't be nervous. Uh, <laughs> oh, you know, that helps me just to hear you say, don't be nervous. That just, yeah. That makes me feel really relaxed. <laughs> so. All right, so... Um, introduce myself i'm john and we've got aaron and jeff and of course don here with us today uh we're gonna be here uh live um anybody that has questions you can uh, talk to us through god i don't even know how you can talk to us facebook yep oh facebook oh, on facebook Ky i gotta Kyle Rydell has joined us now Ooh. Ooh. We got representatives from North Dakota and Germany now. We are, this is officially an international broadcast. Wow. <laughs> okay, now I'm nervous. <laughs> but, okay. How, how do you know where people are from who are listening? Because, to because they both worked for me. <laughs> <laughs> Nina was. Um, uh, how much did you pay him to be on this podcast? Not right. enough. I'll Not tell you enough. That. <laughs> uh, yeah, Nina was our international counselor from Germany, and Kyle came and worked at Briarwood, and now he's the program oh, Kyle. director. Kyle. Yeah, you Kyle right now. Yeah, I know Kyle. Sure, that's good. Don Johnson knows Kyle. Kyle, that just made your day. <laughs> Recognition. Um, all right, let's do a, a get to know you question. Uh, those are fairly common in the camp world, right, Don? As far as I know, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so a get-to-know-you question. Uh, we're going to go maybe a little PG with this. Um, if you could be any drink, what would it be? Mm. I'll go first because I'm easily ready for this. Uh, yeah, I'm Jeff Thompson. I am the current program director at Lutherdale in Wisconsin. Also worked at Sugar Creek in Wisconsin. I'm a Viking fan. If you can't tell, it's cool. Even though we're bad this year, it's okay. At least could we're be not. Worse. You could be in the NFT East. Yeah. Hey. Period. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if I could be any drink, though, I would be chocolate milk. I love chocolate <laughs> milk. It is the greatest drink in the world. 
uh, by far. You can have it for breakfast, lunch, dinner, anytime, <coughs> evening snack, chocolate milk wins. Done. Oh, that is not at all what I expected to hear. So I guess I'll, what? I'm going to go next because I was scared you're going to take my answer. Uh, my name is Aaron Colick. I am the former program director at Briarwood Retreat Center in Argyle, Texas, and Bishop Stoney Camp and Conference Center in Santa Fe, New Mexico. And if I could be, if I was any drink, and I think this just would be describing who I am, 100%, no questions, I would be beer. Like, it is just the easiest. I'm a, I'm a happy guy that likes to be around just people, just doesn't really matter what kind of beer, just... I'm a non-judgmental kind of guy. You want to drink a Keystone Light? You go for it. You want to drink the most craftiest, hoppiest IPA? Hey, more power to you. We just like to have a good time. Nice. Okay. Don, are you ready? Uh, I, I was born ready. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, I, I would say the drink I would choose would be the drink that I'm going to go to as soon as this podcast is over. <laughs> and that's going to be a gin and tonic. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Not as hard squeeze, as I thought it would be. With a squeeze of lime in it. Oh. And it's I choose it because it is so refreshing and I'm so thirsty right now. The reason I'm thirsty <laughs> is because I'm so nervous about this podcast. Oh. I wasn't nervous at all until I saw the quality of your studio. It's unbelievable. (laughs) You guys have earphones and microphones and stuff like that. You should have been week one. That tells you a little bit about me that um, I have a a little thread of insecurity that goes through me. Oh, yeah. If it makes you feel better, Don, you can listen to our first episode where uh, John tries to figure out what a microphone is. I (laughs) just just before you got on, I was telling them that I had to have headphones just so I could hear. (laughs) How many uh, episodes have you had? Oh, this is number twenty-five. Twenty-five. Yeah, this is monumental. Yeah, this is big. All right, twenty-five. It took me this this long to find you. What are you doing? (laughs) What are you doing? How do how do I know when to tune in? Well, you can subscribe to us on every major podcast platform, such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, um, whatever you listen to podcasts, we're there. Oh, and we we go, we post a new episode every Tuesday. Every Tuesday. And um, remind me again, what's the name of your podcast? (laughs) This one time at summer camp. (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, right. Oh, um, man, the, the Gooch is commenting. Look at that. Oh, Logan, Logan Gooch. Oh, Logan Gooch is on this side. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. he just commented. He said the four biggest stars on one stage, a treat for all. Oh, wow. Jeff, Logan. Don, Aaron, and Aaron's hat. That's four me. Stars on stage. <laughs> Let's see. All uh, right. Lucy Hardy says if she was a drink, she would be a strawberry banana shake. I'm Ooh. a fan. Take Lucy. That sounds delicious. Very nice. Yeah. John, you have to go um, still, right? Yeah, I'll, I'll go. Um, I'm John. And if I could be any drink, mine, fairly simple. I'd be a Coors Stubby. It's a glass. <laughs> it's a, because I'm so short. 
Um, it's it's Coors Banquet Beer, but it's in a in a short, stubby little glass. That's what that's what I'd be. Man, <laughs> so thanks, thanks everybody beer. for sharing uh, your drink. Um, but right now, I'm I'm not drinking a Coors Stubby. I'm drinking ginger ale. Ginger ale, man. Oh, what I'm whiskey. drinking. I'm drinking a Shiner Bach because it sounded tasty. I guess we forgot to tell you, Don, that you can bring your favorite drink to the to the <laughs> table here. Oh yeah, you don't have to wait. I I had a whole a whole list of instructions, and then you, <laughs> now you tell me <laughs> I can bring my favorite drink. Yeah, Jeff, you didn't put in the email. You can, by the way, drinking is encouraged. <laughs> You know, I was trying to hit everything else technical that I forgot about. That. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, man. Cool. All yeah. right. Well, um, we're very excited to be doing this live with everybody. Um, and with the comments coming in, we've got a number of people joining in. So we're going to go ahead and jump on into it. Um, who has our camp hack? That would be me. The man. Um, the I was definitely prepared for the hack i a hundred percent did not think of it five minutes ago um this is a hack for all the parents of our campers we've done a whole bunch of camper hacks some counselor hacks some program director hacks this is a hack for the parents um this is just something that i felt like was super helpful whenever um i was a counselor and then as a program director to encourage them to do this if you as a parent have the time every camper loves getting uh letters during the week of camp it's very helpful it helps with um morale it helps with some homesickness stuff and it's just it's just nice and it's good encouragement everyone loves those words of affirmation i get it though sometimes you are busy and it's nice to not have the kids in the house for a week and stuff and that's not really what you're thinking about so what you should do is write your letters beforehand and go ahead and seal them in an envelope and everything and number them like day one, day two, day three, and then drop them off at registration. Um, there's some parents I know that do that, but not everybody uh, tends to think of it, right? And so it's just a really easy way to uh, kind of stay in touch with your kid and let them know they're being thought of. As a bonus hack, something that happened that I thought was super cool, uh, this parent every year would also include like party favors for the cabin. Ooh. So you would give like stickers for their water bottles, uh, nice. plastics, like um, the reusable plastic straws uh, so they can use those. Mm. One time she had fake mustaches that every camper could have. <laughs> and so the next day at breakfast, they all showed up with like the little sticker mustaches and it was awesome. So yeah, those are just simple ways to let your kid know you're thinking of them, that you'll love them. And the whole cabin's going to love you by the end of it. And you'll be like, did you guys like the mustaches? And they're like, yeah, and all that kind of stuff. So. I approve the uh, the mustaches. Mm -hmm. John, your mustache is getting glorious. That's a really good mustache. I I, I, uh, I greased her up for <laughs> for the podcast today. <laughs> oh, oh, Jordan dude. Thompson says we're looking good, y'all. That's my um, wife. Oh man, my wife. <laughs> yeah, Aaron, I love that hack though. Um, one thing I want to add is if you're gonna send like food or something, make sure you check with the camp first before mm -hmm. you do, because sometimes like the packages or gifts or letters are given at different times. And if you gave your camper a bunch of food, like right before mealtime and the staff doesn't know they're getting a bunch of food, it could ruin their meal. So just, if you're going to send food, 
ask the camp before you do. But I love the if park savers idea. Yeah. If you're gonna ship your your uh, camper some Omaha steaks, make sure they <laughs> hit the kitchen first, though. No one wants raw steaks in the cabin. No. Nah, yeah. Whatever. And enough to share. <laughs> uh, Don, have you ever gotten any fun letters from campers that uh, made their way up to you when you were uh, an executive? Uh, fun letters from campers. I I would say, uh, yeah, I get I get over the years I get uh, any number of letters from campers, and uh, uh, they're usually telling me what a great time they had at camp and uh, how much camp meant to them, or how much they look back at it and realize how important it was to them. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that is so affirming and makes it all worth, you know, makes it all worthwhile. Mm-hmm. But that's, uh... Awesome. Well, thank you for that hack, Aaron. Get a lot of, yeah. get a lot of letters from, um, from former staff too. Oh, Ooh, I, that's I, nice. I, I'll just tell you a little story about, about this. Yeah. Uh, uh, it was a Sunday registration uh, one one week, uh, quite a few years ago, and um, I uh, went into my office at the end of the registration time, and there was an envelope on my desk with my name on it, and I opened it up, and out fell a $100 bill. Oh. And, um, and then the letter said, uh, dear D guy, because uh, everybody at Calumet knew me, uh, knows me as D guy, my first initial D and my middle name guy. And uh, the letter went on to say, um, I was a counselor here like 15 years ago, and now I'm bringing my own kid to camp. But um, I just want you to know I felt guilty about this ever since it happened. There was a rule that counselors couldn't accept tips. And a parent showed up on a Saturday and gave me a $10 bill. And I accepted it. And I just kept my mouth shut about it. And I haven't said anything to anybody. And the guilty feelings have been building up so much. So I decided that I would um, uh, return it with interest at this time. <laughs> so uh, please put uh, this to the campership fund. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. That's great. Yeah. And, what a uh, good story. And it, it was an anonymous letter. I didn't know who it was. Oh, <laughs> man. Yeah. That's good. If, if you're listening out there, Don appreciates your honesty. Oh, imagine if that person listens to this podcast. Yeah. Never know. Wow. If you are, we, we want to know who you are, though. Tell us. We do really. have like a dozen fans, Don. Yeah. <laughs> you have a dozen 70, fans? We have 70 <laughs> subscribers, I think. 70 subscribers, man. Yeah. So, Don, I, I, I don't know if we did a, a fair enough introduction of you. Um, would you tell us your, your history with outdoor yeah. ministries, just kind of, you know, where you started and where you're at now? 
Um, uh, yeah, here's what I'll do. I'll start now, and I'll work my way backwards. How's that sound? Okay, there you go. Uh, so in any event, I now serve as the executive director of Lutheran Outdoor Ministries, the association of all our Lutheran camps, 119 camps and retreat centers, all affiliated with the ELCA. Uh, and uh, I've been doing this since 2015 for the past five years. And actually, I'm the first executive director of LOM because uh, LOM only started about 12 or 13 years ago. And uh, it started because Churchwide got rid of their, uh, they eliminated the, uh, p the positions of the people who were providing resources of the churchwide to all of our camps. So all the camps got together and they formed LOM. And um, LOM didn't have the resources to have a full-time executive director for several years. And then in 2015, they did. And, uh, and I um, made myself available for that. Now, prior to that, um, I was, uh, working in the Lutheran seminary world from, uh, let's say, 2005 to about 2015. But from 1970 to 2005, I served as the executive director of Calumet, which is the camp and conference center of the New England Synod. And uh, so... Uh, I started when Calumet was in its uh, infancy, and uh, when I started, it was a camp for about 100 kids, each of eight weeks in the summer, but um, uh, and over the years, it, it grew and got bigger and, and so forth, so uh, by the time I left, it was uh, a year-round camp, it was about 250 kids in the summer, plus uh, leadership programs and all that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And there's a family camp adjacent to Calumet, and that's got about 75 families at a time. So uh, it's a community of about 800 in the summer and capacity of about 100 or so in the winter. Wow. And uh, prior to that, my experience with camp was uh, I spent six summers on the summer staff at Calumet. I spent, uh, there were a couple of summers before that where I was a camper at Calumet. And there were several summers before that when I was a camper at Boy Scout camp, uh, which was how I essentially started. So there you go. That's my history in outdoor ministry moving backwards. Now, awesome. I, I, what I'd like to, what I'd like to do is I'd get, like to give you the history moving forward. So <laughs> when I was a little boy, I went to Boy Scout. No, <laughs> I was just wondering if you started with the most recent stuff because it was easier to remember. <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow, John. John, Mitch. That's right. Uh, John, do you want to kick him out of here? I can do that. <laughs> you never said anything like that to me when you were looking for me for a reference. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Oh, you know I'm kidding. <laughs> That's great. Uh, well, thank you for sharing. All right. So <clears throat> did yep. you also have a story for us, another story that it was prepared? Uh, I have a. I have a story. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's All jump right. into that. Uh, okay. Uh, should I get started with it? Yep. Oh, yeah. Let's hear it. Okay. So the name of the story is Where is Lonnie? Where and is Lonnie? Uh, <laughs> this, this goes back. Don, I have to tell you, you've already got a leg up on us because you named your story. None of yeah. us have named our yeah, stories no. before. Ever. Nobody named their story? No, no, we just told him. You've already one-upped us. This is oh classic gosh. Don Johnson. <laughs> wow. Well, that's. I was hoping to one-up you. and uh, <laughs> You did it. You can have my spot. I, I guess I can leave now. I've one-upped you. I did what I wanted to do. <laughs> uh, so, at, at any rate, it goes back to um, uh, one of my earlier years as a camp director at Calumet. And um, it, um, and, and uh, it was during, during the summer and um, at Calumet, um, oh, there's probably about 30 uh, living units, like either cabins or tents on a tent platform and that kind of thing. And um, this whole story starts in the, the group of cabins, the girls' junior cabins, the youngest girls in camp. There's about six cabins in that group. And this story actually starts in girls' cabin one, which is the absolutely youngest girls' cabin. And all of those cabins have a common bathhouse, you know, a bathroom facility and, and then a common shower house so that the bathrooms are not in the cabins. You have to leave the cabin and walk. But for cabin one, it was the youngest girls and that was closest to the bathhouse. And, um, and uh, so the other thing, just to give a little more background for this story, at Calumet, um, there's two counselors in every cabin. So um, that gives uh, the opportunity, like in the evening, at the end of evening program, um, one counselor can have the night off until 1130 at night when they have to be back. So it's only a couple hours, maybe an hour and a half, two hours from the end of evening program around nine o'clock or so until, uh, but it gives, uh, they can alternate between evenings and have an evening off and uh, get a little bit of a break. So in any event, um, it was about, uh, it was about, 11, shortly after 11.30. And one of the counselors from Girls' Cabin 1 is knocking on the door of the director's cottage where I lived 
with my family. And uh, I went to the door and she seemed a little bit uh, hyper. And I said, hey, what's, what's the matter? And she said, well, there's this girl in my cabin. Her name is Lonnie. And she, um, when I, I was sitting, waiting for my co-counselor to come back, I was sitting on the, the doorstep of the cabin. And she came to the door and said she had to go to the bathroom. And I said, okay, go to the bathroom and come right back. And, um, and like within minutes, uh, my co-counselor came back from night off and I told her, Lonnie just went to the bathroom. She'll be right back. But as the counselor told me, she never came back. She didn't come back. Oh, and we, no. we have looked around and, and we, we can't find her. We don't know where she is. We looked in every stall in the toilet place. We looked in the showers. We looked in the crawl space under. We looked in the crawl space under the cabins. We looked everywhere. We've told the counselors in the nearby cabins, uh, can't find her. So um, I said, okay, let's let's go down. Uh, D guy is here. D guy will find Lonnie. He'll... <laughs> So, so I go and I'm going around and I'm looking under the cabins. I'm looking out in the woods, out in back of the cabins. Can't find Lonnie. And I, so um, I said, go get, go get your unit leader. And the unit leader came and I said, okay, this is what we're going to do. You're going to go around and get all the other unit leaders and you're going to get the word around. And everybody's going to meet here in 10 minutes and have everybody bring a flashlight. And uh, we're going to do the lost camper drill. And we had, uh, you know, we had um, in our staff orientation and everything and the staff handbook is our uh, detail for what a lost camper drill would look like. And basically, Calumet, because they have this two camp, uh, counselors in every cabin, uh, they really, uh, they're all set for something like that because you can get 30 counselors right away, leaving one counselor at the cabin, the other counselor coming for the last camper drill. Mm -hmm. Plus, if you get unit leaders, you get department heads, you get kitchen staff, you get maintenance staff. Within minutes, we had like 50 people organized. <laughs> and essentially, and Calumet is stretched out along uh, a lake, uh, a lakefront uh, with a beach, you know, a beautiful beach. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so basically, and the these, uh, this group of cabins is uh, almost on the beach. It's right on the lakefront. So basically what we did, we took everybody and we spread them out in a long line, about 50 people wide. And 
the rule is you, you have to see a person on one side, you have to see a person on the other side. So you can get spread out quite a distance. Mm-hmm. And essentially, we start uh, going together, and that whole line moves through the camp and moves through the woods and moves across to the woods where the family campground is. And um, and the reason I say where's Lonnie is because um, is because I'll never forget the um, the sound of fifty or sixty people going through the woods around midnight, maybe later, and um, and saying Lonnie. Lonnie, mm. just looking for Lonnie and looking for some response. We did that sweep probably close to half a mile, halfway up Jackman's Ridge, and swept back again. No sign of Lonnie. Oh my gosh. We started looking in every building, under every building. We were asking every counselor do you do you have an extra camper in your cabin right now and um uh and uh i mean we 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 got a couple of motorboats you know calumet has a big sailing program and stuff like that so Uh you know uh rescue boats uh and they were going up and down the shoreline with uh big floodlight kind of things uh, oh, I can't find her. I get I get shaky just thinking of, about this yeah. and recalling Ugh. her. Yeah, now. that's like the worst nightmare you can have yeah. working. Oh, yeah. So um, I, I I said uh, to my wife Janet, I said, <clears throat> "Well, this is not going to be pretty, but I'm going to have to call. Uh, I'm going to have to call the police." Mm-hmm. And so. Um, Oh man. So then, you know, you've got the local town cop rolling into camp. You've got the state police rolling into camp. You've got the sheriff's department rolling into camp. And they, you know, they all come and they're in their uniforms and they're, you know, all this kind of thing. <laughs> and uh, and I, ex- I explained to them, you know, <laughs> what's going on, what, you know, what we're, what we're doing. And how we're looking for it, and I say, so uh, what do you think we should do? And they said, just keep doing what you're doing. (laughs) So we we got the whole line spread out, and we went through the whole camp again. Oh, my gosh. No lining. By by this time, no kidding, it's like 2 o'clock in the morning. And... At, I have, I've been putting off and procrastinating, thinking Lonnie is going to show up. Where is she going to go? How? Yeah. She, she was out of our sight for like ten minutes. Well, not even that. Five minutes. How long does it take a, a little girl to go take a pee in the bathroom? It's, I don't, it doesn't take that long. And so, um, 
uh, and I said to my wife, Janet, I said, oh, man, it was bad enough calling the police, but I'm going to I'm going to have to call her parents. Oh, my oh. gosh. Uh <laughs> and um, I said, I, I, I don't want to call her parents. <laughs> so this is the thing. I'm going to let you guys talk about it. Oh, it, no. <laughs> Come on. Man. The worst spot to put us in. This is the worst should I call, ever. Should I call her parents now? Or should I call her parents after another hour? What do you think? Wow, that's so tough. Oh. And just to give you another little background on this uh you know Lonnie eight years old never been to camp before right. it was her first time at Calumet and she was um a camper from uh an inner city uh day camp program in New Haven Connecticut okay and her parents weren't Lutheran you know she wasn't from a Lutheran family so it was like uh uh, you know, um, I could I couldn't call the pastor and say, "Hey, uh, would you call?" <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'll let you guys talk about this a little bit. Um, and Don, what what time frame are we talking about? Like, what year is this? This is probably around nineteen eighty, okay. maybe uh, uh, late seventies, <laughs> early eighties. Okay. So, somewhere around there. I don't remember exactly. Good to know. Okay. Oh, my. Go ahead, goodness. John. Wow. Yeah, John. <laughs> so, I, oh, my goodness. Yeah, I'll, I'll answer. Um, first of all, I, I don't have kids, so I have no idea on the opposite end of that <clears throat> how the parent would react. I would hope that I'd be fairly calm and knowing that the camp was going to kind of, you know, they're, they're taking the necessary steps to begin looking for this, for the, my child. Um, but I think from the perspective of, um, do I call the parent or not? Oh, I think I do. I would call them. Um, and it, I would, ah. Uh, Obviously, this is the hardest phone call I'd, I've ever had to make so far. Um, and, you know, I'd, I'd do just that. I'd say, this is what we've done. You know, after explaining to them that, Lonnie, we, we don't know where where your daughter is. Um, laying out the what led up to it and saying, these are the steps that we're taking. This is who is here now. Um, and then at that point I, I would offer them, you know, you are welcome to come to camp and be here while search is taking place, or we can update you in the morning and you can come. I don't know if that would make them feel any better, but I think definitely calling the parent and saying, mm -hmm. this is what's going on because I don't think as a parent, I would want to come at the end of the week, even if we found the child. I wouldn't want to come at the end of the week and say, have that 
my daughter say, yeah, they lost me for a whole day. <laughs> it was great. No, I don't uh, think that would work very well. Uh, by the way, John, New Haven, Connecticut is five hours from Calumet. Five hour drive. Oh, okay. That's not yeah. terrible. Jeez. <laughs> No, not by Idaho standards. Right. <laughs> All of our campers were three and a half hours away minimum. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's what I would do. Uh, call the parents, lay it all out for them, and um, invite them to come over. Let them know that the, the space is open to them if they you know, want I... to come join the search. I, I agree with John in that that's the hardest phone call I think you could possibly make. Uh, as, as far as one I'd, I'd be making, and it, I've never had to make one that difficult. Uh, I'm not joking. This question of scenario is making me sweat right now. Like it makes me so anxious just thinking about being in that. So, what we we did have somebody ask in in our comments um, if the police would call the parents anyway. Did Ooh. Don did. Did the police contact the parents at all? Uh, no. Okay. No, uh, <laughs> the police didn't. And uh, I, um, at this point in the story, I hadn't uh, discussed that with the police at all. Okay. 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 Yeah. Good to know. Good question, Nina. Yeah. Thank yeah. You, um, the no, I think. So what? Yeah, I'll go. I'll go. Uh, I think what I would do is and the decision to call or not, I think I would probably, if I'm just being real, have like a come to Jesus moment with my inner dialogue and be like, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to give it one more search. It sounds like it just based on context clues, it sounds like it's taking about an hour to search. Um, <laughs> And it's already two in the morning. I would probably give it one more chance, especially Don, since you said they're like five hours away. Um, it's not like they can come up and help necessarily. Like you don't want to quit looking. Um, so I would probably go for one more shot. And then if nothing happened with that, I think we, you've essentially utilized all resources at that point. You need to try. I would also, and I don't know where like the main road is or like how to get out of camp, but I would probably send someone down that way to see if the kid in all of their genius said, I'm just going to start walking home. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think that I would probably give it one more shot. If it didn't pan out, I'd have to call the parents and say, here's the situation here's everything we've done we've already contacted the police um and just kind of apprise them of what's happening and say we're going to continue looking and with the basic assumption that they're probably going to jump in their car and probably start heading over and i was asking about the year because like this is pre like even like internet so like there's really not like fast and easy ways to do things at that point like it's all yeah that's insane Lonnie didn't text her parents saying she was walking home. <laughs> uh, uh, no. Uh, uh, Lonnie had no access to her cell phone. However, uh, the, the whole thing of uh, sending vehicles one way or another and the other down the road, mm -hmm. uh, that was all part of the drill. And that was okay. all taking place as well. Already. <laughs> yeah. Um. 
Jeff, before you go, I wanted to read Nina's response. Um, oh, Jeff left too. Jeff is gone. Our oh, host no. is gone. <laughs> For everyone watching, Jeff's the one kind of controlling this whole thing. We have no way to control things. I think we're still recording. It's on. I got Facebook on here. Anyways, uh, Nina okay. uh, did post a reply, y'all. Uh, she said, but in any case, uh, I would call them now and pretty much what John says but also give them support. So ask them if they can call friends or family to come up with them because I think that's what parents forget in this situation that they're going to need. It. And with an inner city family, we might see if camp can find a way for them to come up to camp through contact or anything, just in case they don't have the means to come up by themselves. It's very empathetic. Nina. those are things I see. That's why I needed it when I was working at camp. Like I needed to surround myself with people like that. Cause I'm going to get very logistical yeah. and figure out like, I need this and this and this to work. And I need people to be like, Hey man, let's look at the emotions of this. Hey, Jeff's back. Sorry about that. My internet went out. I had a moment of panic. Yeah. <laughs> it's all right. We panic too. I was like, Jeff has I thought the whole broadcast was going to shut down. I was <laughs> super worried. Oh gosh. So, My heart. so Jeff, would you like to pick up? Yeah. Um, Darren, you went, I'm guessing you're done. Yeah, I went and I just read Nina's response in the comments. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. So, um, I would, as a parent, like as soon as you told the story, I was like, I needed to know right away. Like I would be in my car. I don't care how far away I am. I would be on my way there immediately to like come. I don't even, if I can't do anything, I don't care. I need to be there. Um, so as a parent, I would want to know, but as the director, um, knowing that kind of the parents are going to be emotional or stressed or maybe angry, upset, whatever, I would make sure I have someone else with me when I make that phone call um, just mm. to have like a backup so that they can, if I break down or something and I can't finish the conversation, they can step in for me. Or if the parent is angry, upset and kind of lashing out in frustration, I have someone there to help me. Um, but I, I can't even imagine making that call. I would be horrified to make that call. Um, yeah. But I, I feel like I'd have to do it right away just because I know on the parent's side how stressed it'd be. But definitely just having someone else in the room and letting the parent know, I've got so-and-so here with me to help walk us through this conversation. Whether it's a police officer, they can tell you what they did or another staff member, whoever, just someone else there. Uh, yeah, that's my answer. That's a really good point. Hey, we got another comment real quick. Um, um, Maddie Parlett, um, another one of my Briarwood people here. Hey, represent. Uh, she uh, she says, if it's a matter of the kid walking out, I would call the parents after the first search. It's possible the family would have some insight on what the kid's thought process or mindset would be. Mm. It could potentially help find the kid faster. But I agree, I would have someone on the phone call too because parents scare me high key. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. That's uh, so true. Um, great point though, Maddie. Uh, yeah, they might be like, hey, my kid loves like climbing trees. So definitely be looking yeah. up. You Look know, in the trees. Yeah. <laughs> Don, please don't leave us. Yeah, yeah, I need to know what happened. I need to know what happened so fast. Okay. So what here's the thing do? I never called. Really? <laughs> oh, that's. I never called. But I, was, I, said to, I said to my wife, Janet, I said, I, I, this is it. I'm done. I, I, um, yeah, I'm getting fired for this one, but, uh, 
I have to go call the parents and this is just going to blow up. I know. And, um, I, I said, I, I, uh, but I said, I, I'm going to go call the parents. I got to It's like two 30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And she said, no, just let's do one more thing. Mm-hmm. Let's go through every cabin and we'll tear the blankets and sheets off of every bed. Mm. And son of a gun. <laughs> About, and, and we got a bunch of people organized to, to do just mm. that. And about five minutes later, about four cabins down the row of cabins, we found Lonnie. (laughs) We found Lonnie. Okay. So this is the deal. Lonnie is a sleepwalker. Oh, what? She's a sleepwalker. And we never knew that. It was never on the health form or anything like that. She was a sleepwalker. Okay. So, oh, no. And only a camp, right? Only a camp. Oh, my goodness. When she, when she told her counselor she was going to the bathroom, she was sleepwalking. She oh, sleepwalked no. to the bathroom. Oh, my goodness. She sleepwalked, but in sleepwalking, she went to the wrong cabin. Now, the cabins are all, like, virtually identical. And even where the beds are identical. She walked in to an other cabin very quietly, because she didn't want to wake anybody up, but she's sleepwalking herself. She crawled into what would have been her bed. (laughs) And it it was a cold night. And she crawled to the bottom of that sleeping bed without waking up the girl who was in that bed already. What? what? So, <laughs> so when they when when they had earlier gone through all the cabins to see, and they had made sure that the no. correct head was sticking out and on the pillow of the correct bed. They, uh, they. I mean, it, it was negative. Everybody, it was the right head sticking out of the out of That's the uh, sleeping bag. Oh, but Lonnie was down at the bottom of the bed. Oh, I mean, so, so we um, at two thirty in the morning with the state police there, the sheriff's department. I said. Okay, everybody into the dining hall, and um, and the police come into the dining hall, and I give them coffee and the whole thing, and I but I I didn't know what to do, I didn't know what to say, so I said, uh, well, I guess all we can do is give God thanks. So let's everybody sing together, praise God from whom all blessings. <laughs> And the state troopers standing there, like, <laughs> I love that your response is all right, doxology time. Here and we then, go. And then, okay, get a good night's sleep, everybody. Oh, I, um, oh my goodness, wow, Lonnie I... never knew 
that this had happened. She never knew that this was a thing. She, <laughs> they got her out of that bed. They put her into her own bed, and um, she never, she never had any realization that this had happened. So <laughs> I, I did not call the parents. Oh. And um, I never heard anything. And, uh, uh, you know, I was thinking, well, what if Lonnie goes home and tells her parents that? <laughs> yeah. But she never knew. She never knew this happened. <laughs> she sleepwalked the whole thing. <laughs> That's <laughs> insane. Oh, to this day, I don't think Lonnie ever uh, realizes it. But every time oh. I go to New Haven, I keep my ears open because if if I <laughs> hear somebody call up to their friend Lonnie, <laughs> who's probably about fifty years old now, I'm gonna say, hey, "I can't tell you about when you were a kid." <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh. I almost lost my job because of you. <laughs> right. um, but uh, I was also a very young camp director, and um, knowing. Knowing now, uh, no. If I knew then what I know now, mm-hmm. uh, I I would have called the parents a lot yeah, earlier. Sure. Yeah. Uh, because the last thing you want is for uh, uh, to be uh, have it look like you're trying to cover something up. <laughs> or right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Which I obviously wanted to do. <laughs> the truth comes out. Oh, wow. Um, crazy. So we we had Nina ask a, a question. Um, what did you do for the rest of camp with her sleepwalking? Did you end up locking doors? Did you, what did you do? Good question. Uh, um, we, um, uh, I, it, I don't, I don't really recall for sure, but my guess is we we simply uh, doubled da- down on making sure that um, mm-hmm. she she wasn't out of our sight and that type mm-hmm. of thing. Uh, and um, um, I, I I don't know if we um, pulled the counselor's bed across where the door door yeah. was or that's what i was doing something like yeah. that but, uh i i'm sure we must have taken some additional precaution at that point. oh yeah kids, uh, kids are asking why and be like oh it's just i felt like sleeping here <laughs> yeah. i like sleeping on the floor you know it's, yeah. Yeah. it's a it's chilly a night and your sleeping bag is uh, a down sleeping bag I, I <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, Curtis Bradbury left a comment saying he had a sleepwalker eat dirt and throw shoes when they did out camp one night. Best three hours figuring that out on the fly. <laughs> and that is like the, dirt. the counselor's biggest nightmare, though, is a sleepwalker. Because just yeah. Oh, yeah. how do you handle that? Like it, anything yeah. could happen. Yeah, and that's you insane. very rarely find it out until it's actually happening. Oh, yeah. Until it's yeah. going down. Yeah. <laughs> but, and I, I feel like it happens enough that maybe there should be a question on health forums about this. Uh, I think so. Like, <laughs> <in a sleepwalker>. <laughs> 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 like, I can't wait for Like, I would be the parent that would write and be like, I don't think so. I guess you'll find <laughs> I out before I do. 
<laughs> not to the best of my knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> you tell oh. me. Oh man. That's insane, wow. Don. That's easily one of the most insane camp stories I've ever heard. You have not disappointed. Just yeah. that. that's insane. Bravo. Oh, golly. Uh, I've told that story quite a bit. I'm surprised they haven't heard it before. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I've no, told no. it around quite a bit. But um Wow. Uh, yeah. I'm just glad it had a happy ending. Like I think you knew he was a story with a happy ending, but where it started, I was like, oh dude, don't, don't do this to me. Well, and then he was like, well, and we were by the lake. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, that was the, my, in my 35 years as camp director, mm-hmm. um, I never experienced a death at camp. Um, mm-hmm. Had some very serious injuries during that mm-hmm. time, but uh, never, ex- never had to. Um, call a parent and say we lost your kid or anything like that so yeah that's a that's an well and that's an amazing testament i think to running a camp safely and the training Mm -hmm. of staff so that things like this i mean even in this situation when you had a you know a lost camper like there was really not a lot of time between i don't know where the kid is to lost camper drill you know it wasn't wake up in the morning. I don't know how long they've been gone, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So I think that that speaks to good training and being able to run a camp well. Yeah, and uh, and the thing is, um, as as much as you run a good camp and uh, and are really careful about safety and health and all that kind of thing. Um, the the odds are sooner or later, no matter how good you run a camp, uh, the odds are if you go long enough, something's going to happen. And uh, and so I, uh, that's one of the things I am so grateful for that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I I never had that for sure. Wow, that's good. Thank you so much for sharing. Um. <laughs> It's been uh, it's been fun being with you guys, and yeah. it's been f- uh, fun seeing you all. And mm-hmm. uh, I uh, we miss seeing you. Of course, we're missing everybody in person these days. Right. Yeah, um, for uh, sure. But uh, hey, who knows? Maybe next LOM conference we do one of these live on stage. Oh, Ooh. that would be awesome! <laughs> that twenty twenty one Bloomington, Minnesota. That's really easy trip for me. Yeah. Like, no, that is oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So close. That's the the conference yeah. would be this week, right? It would be. The yeah. The, uh, the, yeah. The LTE would be uh, taking Our, place right now. Yeah. Hey, that's how we met, y'all. Shoot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually wanted to mention that. So, Don, you said uh-huh. your first year as the LM executive director was 2015. Mm hmm. Do you yeah. remember that LTE when you came to meet this young group of program directors? <laughs> yeah, that was Luther Ridge. That was a that, Luther Ridge. Uh, yeah. We were at Luther Rock for, yeah, uh, for yeah. the LTE. Yeah. Yeah. I had to hike down the mountain to get to the meeting. We all did. Center. We all went <laughs> yeah. together, didn't we? Yeah. I think we uh, were, uh, I don't remember. I was up there for sure. I think yeah. you were too, right, John? Uh, oh, yeah. In fact, um, 
Uh, John Davidson, I gave him a ride from Luther Rock to Luther Ridge uh, at the end of the LTV going to the conference. Oh, right, yeah. man. Yeah. Yes, Kurt, so. Curtis Curtis Bradbury commenting best LTE ever. Right. Well, the reason I brought uh, that up is the first night we uh, really met you, Don, uh, was our like graduation. Yes, and <laughs> I was the valedictorian, and I gave a speech. Ooh, yeah. I was I, the po- I was the poet laureate. You were, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Uh, I passed. I in, passed, uh, and that was it. Um, <laughs> John's like, "C's get degrees, y'all." <laughs> I, I gave it a very interesting speech that night. If you want to know more about it, you can ask us. But I was a little embarrassed afterwards because Don, you were new, and I was trying to like, I didn't know you'd be there when I gave <laughs> my speech out the night before, and then I found out the new executive director of LOM is there, and I gave a speech with some rap yeah. uh, with some windows and walls and sweat. And, uh, but you, you know, um, at least he didn't get car sick in his car on the way. <laughs> Please tell me that's true. John, oh. John yeah. did you get car sick in Don Johnson's vehicle? A couple times. Uh, uh, yeah, we stopped about six times on the way there. <laughs> oh man, those roads out there, those roads out there are windy. <laughs> And Don is a very efficient driver. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Oh, man. Good well, we time, Joe. Don, we miss you a lot. I'll hey, give you, I'll give um, you a shout out. I miss you guys. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, I'm going to listen to these podcasts from now on. I, yeah. I didn't realize they were so much fun. And. Um, <laughs> I'm feeling so much better now. I mean, you're in professional-looking studio, but uh, I, I mean, you're certainly not professional. <laughs> not at all. Man. Uh, Man, slow burn. Room. Slow burn. Uh, how do I? How do I leave this thing? Um, <laughs> well, I, we'll let John. We'll let John close this out, and then we'll. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, we'll, should I stay we'll, we'll for a formal ending? Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. Oh, oh, okay. we'll do a. A form a formal ending. Um, I thought I thought I was going to leave so you could talk about me. Oh, oh no, we'll do that next week. Yeah. We, <laughs> oh, the follow up episode. That's what text messages are for. Hold um, <laughs> on. Who's no, your guest so, next week? Oh, uh, next oh, week I think it's a surprise. It's a surprise. Okay, you'll find oh, out, Don. Okay, I'll have to. I'll have to log on. Yeah. Don two point Um. All right. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to our first ever live episode. And thank you so much to Don Johnson, um, Executive Director of Lutheran Outdoor Ministries. Um, Check out their website, lomnetwork.org, I believe. Um, And then you can also, for more awesome stories, uh, lost campers, found campers, and just about anything else, you can find us on Facebook at this one time at summer camp. Uh, if you have a story or anything else you'd like to share with us, you can email us at this number one time at summer camp at gmail.com. And I don't have our phone number memorized. Ooh, I've but got you can that also phone call number for us. you. If you, want, if you want to call and leave a voicemail, you can call 262 885 1551. Great. Yes. <laughs> 
Also, make sure you check out the LOM auction. It is live right now. Woo! Um, Dude, there's some good stuff in there. That, uh, good that item on there. Feature. I'm excited about bidding on some myself. You could come to Wisconsin and see me and go to some breweries. So, you know, yeah. that's pretty cool. Dude, that uh, that Colorado ski trip is dope looking. I'll say that. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Dom, where's the best place for people to find the LOM auction to view it and bid on it if they want to? Uh, you can uh, go to the website and uh, the um, link to the auction will be right there. Right there the for page. the uh, for the <clears throat> silent auction, and yeah. okay. same thing for the live auction. But the live auction is. Um, a week from tomorrow, Saturday night, November 14th, at okay. 8 o'clock Central Time. Oh, the and, best time. Uh, and the link you'll find on the LOM website. Awesome. And okay. I'll go ahead. Uh, um, uh, also, uh, we're having a big uh, closing, uh, an LOM worship service on Sunday the 15th. And that mm-hmm. will start. Yeah, that's going to be... Um, on uh, Facebook at uh, one o'clock Central Time, or uh, one PM Central Time. Yeah, and that's how, and that's actually how I found y'all's auction was through y'all's Facebook page. And you can guys can find LOM uh, Lutheran Under Ministries on Facebook as well. Yeah, yep. right. Cool. Okay. Thanks, right. Great. Thanks for joining us. We all right. it was a fun night. Thank. Yeah. Thank you, thank guys. You. And thank you to all our fans uh, watching and commenting. You got—I'm I'm not going to lie—we had like m- way more comments and people talking and great. watching. That was great. So thank you guys. You oh, may—we'll yeah. definitely do this again for sure. We will. We've got plans. So take care, all y'all. Right. Have a good night. All right. Have good, a good night, night everybody. Thanks, Don. If you got one camper with a bloody nose, one with smelly arms. Summer camp.